0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW for We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network. Happy Monday, everyone. I want to take this time to wish all the mothers out there that celebrated Mother's Day on Sunday, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, if you didn't check it out, I wrote a letter from the editor, uh, both about my own mother and my wife, who is the mother of our five children, and my appreciation for those two women in my life. So any mother out there that's listening, Happy Mother's Day. I know it's belated, but Happy Mother's Day. Hope you all had a great weekend. We are getting ready to start things off the right way. The Steelers are coming off rookie minicamp. That was really exciting for me. This rookie class, I, when you talk about rookie minicamp, a lot of people want to see the videos of, of them working out, maybe coaches that are working on specific things with these young players. No, I want to hear these players talk. I want to hear them field questions. And so for me, uh, as an example, when Broder Jones stood in front of the media, this was after Friday's workout, the first day of rookie minicamp, I was waiting for him to get peppered with questions about the, the typical things. These are typical media questions that they're basically saying, hey, rookie, I want to hear what you have to say about this. For instance, hey, Broderick, uh, do you think you'll be able to come in and compete and start on day one? How does he handle that question? You know, And he handled it like a pro. He said, look, I'm not here to talk about day one starters. I'm here to learn. I'm here to get better. I'm here to get to know my teammates. He aced it, and all these guys aced it. Very, very good job. I was very pleased with the rookie class after rookie minicamp. Next step is OTA's Phase 3, and then mandatory minicamp. That'll be in June. And Then there's that lull up until the end of July. That's when they report to training camps. There's a lot of stuff that we'll be talking about in the meantime. Today, the Monday morning conversation on bringing back Blue Check Beck. That's right. Michael Beck will be back. We're going to be talking about all these rookies and how these Steelers rookies can equate in wins, not just success, because that can be dubbed a bunch of ways, but wins in 2023. That's right. Blue Check Checkback returns to Let's Ride. It's second time this offseason. I'm excited to talk to Michael. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break with Blue Check Checkback. <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, he's back. He is back. Blue check Beck is back. He doesn't have the blue check anymore, but I still call him blue check Beck. Michael Beck, (laughs) welcome back to the show. How's it (laughs) going?
1: Oh, I'm great. Uh, You know, without the check, I feel like I've lost a bit of my personality. That uh, (laughs) that was really all I had going for me for a while there, so it's it's been hard to recover, but uh, we're hanging in there.
2: I feel like you're joking, but there's a lot of people that were really upset about that. And I was like, oh, dang, oh yeah. man, like, it's just a, it's just a blue check. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I will say it is tough now to decipher the phonies from the real, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause all these yeah. people, um, I was looking, I'm a golfer. So I was, there was some Justin Thomas tweeted something. I was like, is that really Justin Thomas? And it was, so it is difficult to kind of decipher, but still blue check Beck is back. Second time this off season, Michael, last time we talked, uh, free agency, like the first few ways it kind of come and gone. They made a lot, Steelers made a lot of moves. They, by all metrics, really improved their team. I, I want to ask you before we go on and talk about this upcoming draft, this draft class that just passed up. Do you think the Steelers did enough in free agency? Just as a general question.
1: I, I would say, yeah, like it, it's hard to say anything other than yes, just given their history. Uh, like this team has just not been, players really for so many years, like since free agency became a thing. So it, it, it's hard for me not to say that they did not do enough to not throw in that double negative there, but they, they they did enough in my mind because it's just so unlike them, but it's still funny to me watching other teams make more moves now, especially like the Browns trading for Zedara Smith. I'm sitting here like, I kind of like the Steelers to make like one more move, one more impact move. Where are they going to find the money for that? There's not a lot of
2: spaces, so. how yeah, they could create it, man. You cut oh, yeah. Keller Witherspoon, you cut Gunnar Olszewski, you just created six million basically right there. I mean, that's not exactly. roster displacement numbers, but still. But that's, that's my next question is, if there was a position, I don't even need to know a name of a player that's out there on the market. There's a position that you were like, you know what? You just said you wanted to bring in one more person. I kind of am on that same boat as well. What position should they target, though?
1: It's funny because they already have such an expensive defense, but I still lean towards linebacker or safety. Uh, it, it's kind of hard for me to pick one over the other. Like, I, I like the Canu neal move. I, I like that they brought back KZ. Uh, still having Kilbrew there and Trey Norwood, that's great. But just with how new this entire secondary is going to be, the corners are going to be all new. Uh, Mink is going to be pretty much the only uh, player with any continuity of that defense. If they could bring someone else that is such an impact level back there that it could just tie and marry everything together uh, and they can kind of just outskill their scheme until they could figure it out, that would be ideal for me. Uh, as for the linebackers, like I really do like the Holcomb and Landon Roberts moves, but I, I would still like to see another guy there. Like it, I feel like we're going to see some of that kind of classic like 2019 struggles where uh, – the linebackers are targeted a little bit more in the passing game. And it just, we're pulling our hair out and just hoping that there's someone else there. So I, I think those are the two spots that I, I could really appreciate the Steelers making another move.
2: I'll go another one and think, I think outside linebacker, I mean, yeah, Nick Herbig, I don't know much about him. I'm not going to lie. Like we'll talk about the rookies here in a second. I, I would love to see a proven commodity. And when I say a proven commodity, I'm not talking Malik Reed 2.0. Mm-hmm. You know, Malik Reed did nothing. I think he had one sack, and that was kind of like a Cam Hayward flush the quarterback into Malik Reed sack. So I that's where I would go. I, I'm not disagreeing with your safety or linebacker. But yeah, I'm with you though with the fact that if there's going to be a a push for a position, I don't see it on offense. I see it on defense, and that's just where we are. Yeah, absolutely especially after, you know, Allen Robinson, they did do that trade. that kind of bolsters the wide receivers. But let's talk about the rookie class. The Steelers signed seven players, seven undrafted. They've also signed several since rookie minicamp, uh, which is officially in the books this past weekend. What was your general consensus thought on, not what other people were saying, but what you thought of this rookie class, of the way Omar Khan and the front office orchestrated their draft boards during the three-day process?
1: It's funny because the, the whole process leading up to the draft, you could see the Steelers had their boots on the ground. They were digging everywhere. They they were mining every program you could imagine. Like I, I think they're more West Coast than I've seen them maybe ever. And like Not to say they're on the West Coast a lot, but still, it's usually none.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: they, they were working, but then the draft kind of fell to them, and they ended up getting all the players that kind of had the name behind them anyway. It it was just such an exciting draft as, like, a consumer of football sitting back and be like, oh, my God, they got this guy in this. It felt like that for every single pick. Um, It's funny, like, the amount of people I've seen uh, being like, well, if you took away the Broderick Jones pick and slid everyone up one round, everyone would still probably be happy with the draft. Like, it it was just – the value was so good. The amount of talent was something – we have never really seen from Steelers draft. There's usually that consistent pick or two where it's like, oh, okay, sure. That, that is a name. Like there's some talent there. They're going to have to, that's kind of more of a diamond or rough type deal. Like, like even the Deontay Johnson pick out of Toledo, was he the best receiver available? Not really. If I'm not mistaken, DK Metcalf was what? Either two picks before, or two picks after.
2: Yeah. Something like that.
1: And at that space, even then we're like, yeah, okay. But this draft like, Darnell Washington 93 is just crazy to me. Nick Herbing in the fourth round, again, crazy to me. Corey Trice, yeah, like he wasn't someone that was very much on my radar, but going back over his stuff and just looking at his measurables, a corner like that shouldn't be making it to the seventh round. He's almost 6'4". Right. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things from top to bottom. It was just so exciting. that They fit their needs. It, even spots that they didn't really need a player, like tight end, Darnell Washington is going to make an impact with what he's able to do. It's just an exciting draft class and something that if these guys hit, of course, every player could be a bust. If these guys hit this, like this team is going to be taken to the next step and really
2: pushing for the playoffs. Well, take a look at the seven. Okay. The seven players that were drafted. How many of those do you think will be impact players in 2023? Because we all know it takes time for some of these rookies. It takes time for them to find their their own role within the team. It takes the coaching staff time to get acclimated to them. There's a lot that happens with the rookie class. But in your opinion, how many of these rookies of these seven players drafted do you think can make an impact this season?
1: Well, given what we've already seen, I'd be surprised if Broderick Jones wasn't a starter right away. Um so just taking him out of it, because I, I think that's pretty cut and dry. I think Joy Porter Jr. waits a little bit, just given the Steelers history and already having so many corners there. I think they use him in different spots, but I don't think he's going to start right away. Uh, just having Levi Wallace and one of the things that they're going to have to figure out, of course, is the slot cornerback situation. That could be a role or in those like nickel or dime formations that they could send Joy Porter out to play uh, on the boundary or, wherever and then move someone else inside I I feel like Levi Wallace fits that slot role better than Joey Porter Jr. would um so he will be on the field uh it's funny because I think Keanu Benton has a really good inside track of uh, knocking off Martavius Adams for that nose tackle job uh he obviously he's not passing Okunjobi or Ken any anytime right. soon uh for reps when they're in uh, more of a 40 front but when they have three defensive linemen down, he is going to be on the field. I, I'm pretty certain he's going to be the guy, and it, it won't take him too long. Physically, he's more imposing than Adams. I, I just see that right away. Uh, Herbig, again, uh, he's going to be an interesting player just to watch because he's more of a developmental piece, and I don't really know how much of an impact he's going to make, if any, in year one. I think he's going to be more almost like a redshirt player um, that gets to play both the edge and off ball. So. I don't know how much he's going to play. I think he could be a big special teams guy that makes more of an impact in year two. Darnell Washington, on the other hand, though, I think he's going to pretty much immediately slide in that Zach Gentry role. They're basically the same size. Washington is far more athletic, uh, way more college production. Obviously, Gentry was a quarterback for most of his time in college. So I I think Darnell Washington makes a pretty immediate impact, especially in in those short yardage uh, formations. He's going to be playing right away. Obviously, the seventh rounders are going to be seventh rounders and no expectation for them to play in year one.
2: So there is a potential for a lot of impact in one way or the other. Uh, I do have to ask you just, you brought up Darnell Washington, obviously. Do you think that Zach Gentry's job is in jeopardy or do you think the Steelers will keep four tight ends? I mean, I know Connor Hayward is kind of like that fluid, plays multiple positions, H-back, fullback, tight end, whatever. What are your thoughts on that? It's really going to come down to a couple of things. Uh, how many
1: receivers are they going to keep? How many quarterbacks are they going to keep? Because right now, you only have two proven commodities and yep. some undrafted free agent quarterbacks on the roster. So, I, I think at right now they're probably more likely to do what they did a season ago with the four kind of two fullback, two tight ends, whatever you want to classify Connor Hayward as. But I think Gentry still provides value. In his blocking, in his size, in what he means to the locker room. Uh, Farmeath is going to be the undisputed number one. I, I really don't see Darnell Washington knocking him from that spot ever. No. Like, they just do different things. Farmeath's just that athletic possession receiver. He's going to be, make the big play, put up the yardage. Washington's going to be the blocker. But I, I think is it Gentry probably gets one more year here before he's kind of moved on from, obviously, when that contract expires. That, again, is easy to move from, but. I still think he provides value to the roster. So right now, I really do think they, they carry the four with Connor Hayward being that weird tight end fullback type.
2: Yeah, we did uh Dave Schofield and I did our way too early roster prediction last Monday. And I had him keeping uh keeping Zach Gentry and Connor Hayward kind of being the fullback type role. Now, the biggest news this week was the schedule. And I know mm-hmm. that you're really glued into that as as all of us are here. And the sealer schedule in terms of opponents and location has been known for a very long time. We're going to tie this all together here in a second, but what were your thoughts on the schedule? Did anything stand out or pop off the screen when it was finally released on Thursday? Well, I mean, first thing first
1: being a West coast guy, uh, being interested in going to the games out here oh, and you got Steelers some
2: opportunity history.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that's what, uh, is the first immediate thing I was looking for, but are you going to any wrong- specific games? Oh, I'm going to all three that are out here. I'm going to go to Vegas, L.A., and the game in Seattle. That's uh, Oh, I've been, nice. One, one, once the, the teams were released, I was like, okay, we're, we're <laughs> doing it big this year. So it, it's going to be an exciting uh, year in the Beck household getting that's out awesome. to all the games. But uh, I've only ever been to two other Steeler games in the past, but that's for yeah. a, another day. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Again, the post-Ben Roethlisberger era on the West Coast, what does that look like? Steelers historically have been terrible out here. Mm-hmm. So, are they going to lay three eggs? But one of the things I like the Rams games coming off the bye that could yes. be really big for this team. And I hope they come out a couple of days earlier just to get more acclimatized to the time change and everything that goes along with that. Uh, the other things that are nice though, the Raiders are terrible and they get them early. Uh, I, I really like that matchup. The Steelers, for whatever reason, the, the Steelers just cannot play well against the Raiders. Maybe that they're in Vegas and not Oakland. It, it changes things. Um, and hopefully they can get, pull off the, the victory there. The Seattle one at the end of the year could be that trap game that just kind of like really hurts the Steelers though. It, it's the game that kind of scares me the most. Yeah. I they are that. terrible in Seattle week 17. Uh, what Right before Baltimore, I believe it is. And yep, week 18. That oh, makes me, uh, it makes me a little queasy. That one. I, I feel like that's the game where like, they're going to need to win at like win out to kind of either, push the, the Bengals or just to get into the wild card spot. So that one freaks me out a little bit, but starting at home to tie this whole thing up, starting against the 49ers at home, uh, Brock Purdy for whatever, whoever you think he is, if you think he's the next coming of Brady or just the next coming of Case Keenum, uh, who really knows if he's going to be available week one. And I'd rather be playing Sam Darnold at uh, the home confines of Acresher stadium against those 49ers. So the Steelers opponents are pretty weak. Week one, anything can happen. They get it at home against probably the toughest team on their schedule that's not a divisional opponent. I really like the schedule. It's favorable. I like where the bye week is. The Thursday night games suck, but they're still placed pretty favorably in the schedule mm-hmm. where they could have been. A lot of things are looking right for the Steelers. They just have to put it together.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Thursday nighters are at home. I had at a Fans for Sports Network, the guy who runs our Chicago Bears uh, his wife is a Steeler fan. He sent me a text. He said, man, tell me one tough, uh, tough non-conference AFC opponent you all have. And I was like, "Uh, Jacksonville was a playoff team last year. And that's all we could really come up with. There's really not. And then you look at the NFC, Green Bay without, without Aaron Rodgers. And you're yep. like, eh, that's not, we talked about San Francisco. It's a really good point. So let me, let's tie this together here. We just talked about the rookie class. Think about this your view of this team before the draft. And then think about the view of it afterwards. We talked about impact. We talked about how many of these seven players are going to be able to have an impact this year. Did it move the needle after you saw the schedule in terms of really like, wow, you know, I thought this team could win X number of games. Now I'm thinking it could be even more, or did it not move the needle much at all for you? It, it did move the needle. I would say
1: more so getting those impact blockers to protect Kenny Pickett. Uh, His issue with concussions is something that's kind of been a very quietly not as much talked about storyline. But look at what happened in Miami with Tua. He's been on the verge of retirement since the the issues of last season. Uh, What was it? Chris Borland, I believe the name was, the linebacker out of San Francisco who was like an all-pro in his rookie year then retired uh, due to concussions. Uh, It's one of the scary things for players nowadays that uh, obviously with all this research It's one of the things that could shorten a career. Uh, Having Kenny Pickett behind Broderick Jones and all these new offensive linemen and Darnell Washington, who is the sixth offensive lineman out there, it it definitely pushed the needle in in the fact that I have more confidence in him staying healthy. Uh, Of course, a lot of that's also going to be on Kenny Pickett of how he's going to play in the pocket, how much uh, he's going to scramble. But I think in the sense of protecting him, it's definitely moved the needle in the right direction. Uh, The secondary is, is always going to to be a weird flux year just due to the volume of new players. This is almost an entirely new secondary. Levi Voss is a second-year player. You just have Mika Fitzpatrick, really, that's back there, that isn't within the first two years of being on this roster. There is going to be turnover. There's going to be some growing pains there, especially with these linebackers all being new. So there is going to be growing pains with this team regardless. But keeping Kenny Pickett healthy is what's going to help the Steelers win more games this year. And really what I'm predict- predicting 2024 is going to be that real championship window. I, I I think the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2024 with a whole other draft class, not like minimal free agents. I am so excited for not, not just this year's team. That could be a Cinderella. Next year's team is set up so well right now to really do damage and be a favorite uh, moving into the season.
2: Okay, well, let's let's follow that up. If you're doing like the ceiling floor type game for the 2023 Steelers, what is the ceiling in terms of win total for you? The ceiling right now, just again, people are going to say I'm not,
1: but look at the schedule. It, it is so favorable. I, I think the ceiling's probably
2: 12 wins. Like, mm. is that too much? Maybe, but... But that's a ceiling. You're You're saying that's like the best possible. And people that might be listening to this right now thinking, oh, there goes Blue Check back. He's on one again. No, like that's he's saying that's the very best. Like if everything went their way, they get those 50-50 games where the football falls in their direction. So yeah, 13 wins. I think that's fair as a ceiling. So go ahead, continue. Didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just one of those things, but when you look at the schedule, there aren't a lot of games where the steelers should be going as the underdog there, there really shouldn't be no. they match up favorably against anyone. We know the divisional games can fall any which way. And, and there is a chance that they're going to push the Bengals just based on their out of conference record. There's no reason why they shouldn't be in the thick of the, the AFC championship hunt, AFC North, excuse me, championship hunt.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, as for kind of the basement for this team, I, I still can't see them falling below 500 again, as much as that would drive fans nuts. I feel like nine and eight is probably their basement. So really, it, it's going to fluctuate from those four-ish games against the Niners and the Bengals and whoever else scares you out here on the West Coast, or, or even the Jags, uh, yeah. to see where these games really come down. But there there won't be a lot of excuses for the Steelers losing to to most of these teams this year. They really should be pushing teams to get in the playoffs, like Wild Card at the very least, in my opinion, at the very
2: least. So nine and eight let's yeah. say let's let's go with the worst case scenario if your if your worst case scenario is 9 and 8 if that happens is mad canada not brought back for 2024
1: absolutely he, he's had so much leash uh th- this like for me for him to come back in 2024 the steelers need rapid improvement they need to like Obviously saying average would be an improvement, but what I need to see from them for, to keep Matt Canada is to be in the top 10 of like yards, points per game, points per drive. Like they need to make a significant turnaround and just a slight improvement's not going to be enough. He's had this job for so long now. He's had his players, his coaching staff, the, the roster built to the way he wanted it to be built. And if they can't win with him there, it, it's, it's time for change. Uh, they need to do something different. I don't think that guy's on the coaching staff right now, but they need to do something that's going to actually help this offense as they approach a championship window. And I really think that that window's cracked open now, and it's about to be bust open. And it could be bust open this year if, if Kenny Pickett takes that next step.
2: Yeah, and that's well—that's that's a giant question. You already mentioned how they—they've done their job up front to protect him. You hope that the running game is successful. Therefore, they gave him everything that he could possibly need for success, and that is Kenny Pickett. Meaning he's got the receivers with Pickens and Deontay Johnson throwing Allen Robinson. You hope Calvin Austin the third can do something. We shall see. But let me ask you one more question that ties into the schedule. And the AFC is loaded. Everyone knows this. The NFC looks like pure trash right now compared to the AFC. I mean, you've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. Everyone's in love with the Jets now because Aaron Rodgers is there. (laughs) There have been years, one of which was in 2005, where the Steelers were a double-digit win team that barely got into the playoffs. Do you envision 2023 as being a similar year in the AFC where, hey, AFC North, maybe they don't win it. But if they're going to get in as a wild card, you're going to have to win 10, maybe 11 games. Do you see that happening this year?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be very similar to last season. Like it's even more loaded than it was a year ago. And we thought the AFC heavily outweighed the NFC a year ago. And now it's even more. Aaron Rodgers coming over and more talent coming over. It's and who knows with the Broncos if, if Russell Wilson figures it out with Sean Payton yeah. again, another team that uh, is supposed to be there. So I, I really think like nine and eight almost got the Steelers in if they had a, a few more things fall their way. But I don't think you can rely on that. You you got to be at least ten and seven. Uh, I I still hate these weird records with with the extra game. Now It is Uh, odd. (laughs) 11 and six, like it just does not roll off the tongue, but, uh, those 10, 11 win teams, that's going to be probably the the standard marker for the seventh seed, even though there's seven seeds, it's going to be a lot. It's going to take a lot to, to get in, but like I said before, they have the schedule to do it. They, 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 there really is no excuse not to get to that 10 win plateau, and if every other team just better and win 12 games, like what can you do? It's hard to win that amount in the NFL.
2: Well, let's talk about just the division. You know, you talk about the Bengals. They have a first place schedule. They've got to play Buffalo. They've got to play Kansas city. Like they, they have a tough road to hoe. How many wins do you think it would be to actually be in the mix in the division? Right. And I, Baltimore's I, not going to be bad either. And Cleveland yeah. could actually surprise some people. They've made some good moves this off season, As weird as that is to say, it's a tough division. What yeah. are you thinking there? Yeah,
1: it's going to come down to those, obviously, cross-division cross, uh, cross division games. Uh, those two games against the Bengals, if you win them both, you probably win the AFC North. And, and that's just the way it comes down to. But if, if they were to split, I think the Steelers, you're going to need at least 12 wins and probably 13 to win the AFC North. It, it's going to be a dogfight. It's crazy. going to be a brutal, brutal path. And yeah, it probably leaves... Whoever comes out of the AFC North just so beaten up that they, they probably have a hard time in the playoffs. Like I, I'm really not predicting anyone other than Kansas City right now to, to to go far. They have a favorable division somehow. When a year ago we thought that the AFC West yeah. was going to be the this just mauler of division that's just gonna roll over everybody. But it, it's going to be a hard, hard time to get out of this division. And the teams are gonna be beat up just Top to bottom, I think the AFC North is probably the strongest division in football this year. Um, Even with that said, I still think the Steelers have the second-best roster right now. Um, And and I think they have the potential to bring it to Cincinnati. I I think it's just going to be a slug slugfest. You hope to get to 12 is enough, but it's probably 13.
2: So you brought this up. The last question for you before I let you go. So when Ben Roethlisberger retired... I said that the Steelers were entering a really significant rebuild. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the ride or die crew kept on asking me, Jeff, like, what give me numbers? And I said, this is a two to three year rebuild before this team can be considered. And when I say like when is the rebuild complete, it's when you are considered a viable Super Bowl contender. We're not just talking, can you make the playoffs? It's can you win the Super Bowl? And I I this is year two of that process. I think you're on the same boat just from talking with you, uh, seeing your tweets on Twitter and what you said already on this show. What is your status of the rebuild right now in terms of you see what Omar Khan, this new front office have done in their first full offseason, what they did last year, the success or lack thereof in some areas from 2022. What in your opinion is the status of the Steelers rebuild? I think it's
1: in a really good spot. It's a pro- approaching completion. Um, like I said earlier this championship window is cracked open right now with the moves they made like if everyone busts in the draft I, no one could predict that right. everyone thought this draft was killer but if these guys pan out if they get in could they be the 2005 Steelers that come in as the last seed win games they shouldn't i, I could see that a lot out a lot of tough outs in the AFC like we just talked about but uh, I, I really think 2024 is a year where salary cap teams like the, the Bengals are, are, are going to have to release some players. Or l- they're going to lose talent. Uh, the Ravens are just going to get in a worse and worse spot over the next couple of years with Lamar Jackson's contract just ballooning to just stupid numbers. Was it like 80? Isn't like 80? I think there's two years back to back over 74. I think it is. Holy and then a year yeah. at 60 and Patrick Mahomes cracks 50, like twice. It, it just, uh uh, yeah. It just drives me nuts, Insane. but whatever. It's good for us. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I I really think next year is set up so well. There's no reason for the Steelers not to be 100% in, in 2024 right now because everything is lined up perfectly. They're going to pretty much bring back the exact same roster from this year to next year. They're going to have a little bit more cap space, more draft picks. Uh, like I'm so excited for the next two years of Pittsburgh Steelers football. They could be a Cinderella this year. And they could be a legit, legit threat to win the Super Bowl in 2024. And I I could not be more excited for it
2: if Kenny Pickett pans out, which I think he will. And I think he'll take a big jump this year, which will have everyone really geeked up for year three of the Kenny Pickett era. But that is the, that is the giant elephant in the room that some fans just don't want to even address, but it has to be addressed. And we're going to get to see it in front of our own very eyes this fall when they get to start things off. So Michael, uh, thank you for your time. I want to give you a chance to plug, not just your social media, anything that you have cooking up, uh, out there in the Twitterverse or the Steelers land, whatever, go ahead and talk to the ride or die crew.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it just, again, such an exciting time in Steelers football. Uh, always going to be talking about it n- no matter where I am. And you can always follow me on Twitter at michaelback 56 No check mark, so you might have to <laughs> just weed your way through all, all the fake accounts, you know, everyone just trying to be me for whatever reason. But... Um, <laughs> the plan moving forward definitely is to get back into writing, uh, doing some volunteer stuff with BTSC again. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you'll see my name pop up, uh, for some more articles every now and then. Uh, obviously times are busy, uh, coming for off of sure. mother's day. Obviously, uh, if you, if you forgot, make sure to, uh, wish your mother a happy mother's day. Uh, yes, but, don't forget. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I guess by the time this thing airs, it, it's been long past, but, uh, yeah, no, again, it's just so exciting. And there's so much great Steelers content out there. Uh, as always, you want to keep it locked to BTSC. I don't think there's a better uh, Steelers blog or or a sports blog in general out there. Yeah. So you know where to go for everything, Pittsburgh Steelers, not to absolutely. steal your
2: line. <laughs> for sure. No, it's fine. So, Michael, I definitely want to have you back for the season kicks off once training camp's underway. In the meantime, you know, enjoy your uh, life out there in the Wild West, up there in Canuck land. And mm-hmm. we'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, absolutely
0: Chumba Casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the
2: most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by loss. See terms and
2: conditions 18 plus. All right, fans. It's always fun to talk to Michael. I still call him Blue Check back. He lost the Blue Check. Everyone lost the blue check unless they pay for the blue check. He's not paying for the blue check, but I'm he's always blue check back to the rider die crew. I'll tell you that right now. So it's always good to talk to Michael I, you know he's he's a great guy. I love talking to him, love having him on the show. There's a reason why I had him back for the second time this offseason. So I'll tell you what. Uh, just a reminder, my rider die crew, be on the lookout Tuesday morning. I'm gonna put out a tweet just saying, Hey, any questions for the mailbag? You respond to that tweet. I answer that question live on the Wednesday show. I'm excited to talk about the Steelers team, these rookies, getting geared up for mandatory minicamp. So fire away. Follow me on Twitter or find me on Twitter at J Hartman, H-A-R T-M-A N underscore P-I-T. You ask the questions. I provide the answers. That's how it works. Every single Wednesday. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday.